Hi, this is Jeff Jawaskin, and you're listening to Pop Culture Addicts. If you're an addict and you're into pop culture, you're at the right place to get your fix of pop culture fixedom. Welcome to Pop Culture Addicts, the weekly show that brings you interviews and discussions with people in our pop culture world. You know, that means we get to talk more about movies, more music, more video games, and more. <laughs> Don't miss a week. You never know who's going to be our next guest. So, okay, addicts, are you ready for your pop culture fix? Welcome to Pop Culture Addicts. Our guest today is the host of a show called Live from Detroit and a live show every Wednesday night called Crossing the Streams. But Jeff has also been a stand-up comic and been known to give some great social media tips. Anyway, it sounds better when he does it. Uh, That's pretty good, though. That's pretty good. Yeah. And by the way, did you know that Jeff has a podcast? If you didn't, you're about to. Welcome to the show, Jeff Dewaskin. Hey, it's good to be here. Thank What's you for up? joining yeah. us. It's great. I'm happy to join you. Thanks for having me. So nice. Yeah, so you've... Uh, come on and hung out with us on funny science fiction you've been on our live show a couple different times and it's no secret really that you're one of my favorite podcasters i enjoy your shows and so i'm really always glad to have a chance to sit down and talk with you and and pick your brain a little bit about podcasting and such even when i get the feeling that i'm annoying the ever-living daylights out of you you've been really patient and kind with me so i I do appreciate that but i was your favorite podcaster uh, I say that just because I have to. So, uh, <laughs> but Jeff, you haven't always been a stand-up comedian. You haven't always been a, a podcaster, of course. Uh, these are both things that you've transitioned to uh, over the years. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial career leading into stand-up and how that helped you become the guy that I come to for social and media advice and tips and things. Sure. Happy to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Excellent. So what did you do? What was it that you did? Because I know that you had you had an entrepreneurial career. And, and I really that's pretty much what I know about it is that there was an entrepreneurial career where you did some things, uh, social media type computer type things ahead of that. So I'm kind of curious as you could tell us what that was and how that led you to getting to where you're at. Sure. Okay. So first, <laughs> the first thing I did in, in my journey, um, my life journey. <laughs> Out of school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And for my graduation, my college graduation, my parents bought me a laser printer. And I'm talking about 300 DPI. It was important to have 300 because I was thinking about doing design and you needed that level of DPI, dots per inch, to turn it over to a printer an actual printer to make a, you know, a brochure or whatever out of it. So they got me that I went to this place called new horizons. I just took tons of classes. Like I learned how to use Photoshop and illustrator and page maker. I started doing design and I got a job at a PR agency doing graphic design for them. And then my friend had started these videos he was making these videos and one of them was about the internet (laughs) again everyone's like the internet you mean the thing we were on every day yes well at one point in time that wasn't the case okay right exactly Uh, and so 
So he was doing that, and I was a graphic designer. I happened to have this program called Corel Draw that I used. It happened. Oh, yeah. It happened to export GIFs. We can go into whole GIF GIF if you want, but it, I'll <laughs> go with GIF. And so it happened to export GIFs, which is what the World Wide Web used, which was a big deal at the time. And this was the image type that that ran the World Wide Web. So I went to Barnes and Noble. And I bought one of the two HTML books that they had. So right. with one book in hand, I taught myself how to make web pages. I went back to my friend and I said, we need to do this. And so we started this business. My brother joined us. He was a sales guy. I taught him what the internet was and what computers were at night because we shared a room. And, and so basically he started selling web pages. And so we started selling web pages. And then the cool, one of the cool things that happened is, um, me, my brother, and my other partner, Scott, we are on the front page of the business section of the Detroit Free Press and featuring us in our company. And at this time, the Detroit Free Press and the Detroit News had just merged. So some sections were news and some were free press. And the news had done an article on the same issue, coincidentally, of a site that we had put together called the Detroit Metro Guide, which was one of the very first websites that kind of put together all things that were happening in a city. So that was sort of like a big deal. And then later was on other articles and magazines and stuff like that. But this company ended up buying us. And so we went, they went public and, and we rolled the whole up and down boom with them. And um, that's, that's where I, I, that was like my first big entrepreneurial thing. And that's then cool. I, you know, I've worked corporate to Little Caesars, um, Little Caesars where I helped them develop their e-commerce apps and websites and then also help them with their social media. So one of the big things I did for them was running. So I, you know, one of my cred moments was for a year or so running, you know, social media for a billion dollar company. And it was one of those things where I got into Twitter and social media, um, you know, 10 years or so ago. And then really kind of ramped it up because of my stand-up comedy. Somebody okay. told me, hey, you know, you're never going to get noticed on Facebook, you know, making all the your friends laugh. You got to get on Twitter because Twitter is, has a much wider audience. And interestingly, how I got pulled into everything at Little Caesars when I was there was uh, there was... This is why you can't believe anything. You know, th such bad things can go viral. There was this weird video that went viral. Some Little Caesars are in Kmart's. Uh, you know what I mean? Like sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um, and so somebody was literally had one of the people that works at Kmart had thrown, put in DiGiorno pizzas in a you know, shopping cart and had walked over and was talking to the Little Caesars person. Okay, so the joke of it is, these DiGiorno pizzas were so old that they were being thrown out. Okay. Like a frozen pizza was too old. To, right. And right. so some guy buying a little Caesar's pizza filmed it and said, Oh my God, is little Caesar's selling DiGiorno pizza? Right. Which made no sense because they're in the box. They're in a cart. They're frozen. I mean, it was just dumb, but since everyone's dumb, they got millions upon millions of views. Even Christy Teigen sure. had to weigh in because she can't not talk about anything. So, right. um, 
So it, that it blew up out of control. And I'm, I was in the, the digital side at Little Caesars at the time, but everyone knew that I was this internet guy. I was a Twitter guy, right? Mm-hmm. And so DiGiorno had taken a couple of swipes at Little Caesars because their social, the Little Caesars social team had missed it. So like a few days gone by. So it was embarrassing. So they didn't know how to handle it. So they came to me. And then I wrote banter back and forth between oh, nice. Little Caesars and DiGiorno. Some of my best work. It's actually that ended up in news articles and it was great. Um, <laughs> and so it's one of those things where you write it at the time and it's great, but then it later becomes not relevant. They're like, it was something like they said, uh, you know, it really three days. And then I, I replied back, well, I guess neither of us deliver. Right. Which was funny on a few levels. One is meaning like we've dropped the ball. They don't deliver. Sure. We don't deliver. You know, Little Caesars later went on to do delivery, so it ruined that joke. But, <laughs> but at the time, it was one of the more brilliant things I'd ever written. So a year a year after that, I sort of went over to that team and whatever, and then COVID hit and I, I left. But um, so that was that. So that's the social media stuff. So between Twitter and that and and all this kind of stuff, that's where I was starting to get into social media. My original podcast was going to be. Uh, a social media based podcast. I was going to okay. do something. It was uh, so 2017 is when I started. Keep in mind, I launched my podcast in 2020, May of 2020. And 2017 is when I bought everything and made the viral, <laughs> the images and all that. It was going to be called Viral Intentions. You know, okay. Like cruel intentions, but yeah, viral, nice. viral, right? But then when the pandemic hit and I had time to start a pa- uh, a podcast, I couldn't launch in March of 2020 with everyone dying of COVID. A podcast called Viral Intentions, right? That might have been a problem. Uh, yeah. yeah. So okay. timing's everything. So of course, speaking of <laughs> timing, timing's I just, everything in a good way too. What? Just got, I just got my hashtag Roundup notification. So that's a game just started. Just, yeah. just started. Yeah. So that's, that was sort of, that's that entrepreneurial background. Now I'm focused a little bit on this. I'm focused a lot bit on this company called hashtag stampede, which is hashtag roundup, but we're building tools to help social media managers create engagement campaigns and manage them. So we're sort of building on the concept to help show better return on investment. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that's cool. That those are some of the things that I've never I've actually did not know about you. So it's kind of a, I like to know backgrounds about people and, and what got them to where they're at and the, the stories of who and what they are. And so it kind of helps fill out the picture of, of who is Jeff DeWaskin. So. So with talking about all of the, everything that you just talked about, you mentioned floppy disks. Were you talking three and a half inch or. Cause all of them, zip drive, sidequest <laughs> drives, you name it. I, went I, I just randomly them. have a floppy disk on my desk. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? She, does, she doesn't know what it's for. She's too young for that, but oh, she does I have one. I know what yes. it's for. This one's actually got a school paper saved on it. The funny thing is, is like how um, I think they still use that as an icon, right? Yeah, it's like, still a yeah. save icon. Yeah. Very much most so. people have probably seen those. So. Right. Yeah, now you get people who are like, did you 3D print a save icon? No. <laughs> no. You could say it. You could probably go back if you had them in here. You could say you could sell them as uh, as save icons, like uh, probably. Could, right. 
a good idea. I'm sure that the younger generation would fall for that. I know. I know. So, Jeff, with us all being from Michigan, we are all aware of the cultural cultural impact that our state has had on the rest of the world. Comedians, Terry Crews, Seth Meyers, musicians, uh, you've got Motown. And then even more recently, you've got Greta Von Fleet. You've got filming locations for Beverly Hills Cop, Transformers franchise, the Red Wings, and the bane of our existence, sometimes the Lions. As much as we love them. Did you say Kid Rock and Eminem? I did not. I should have. Well, maybe but, Eminem. We can skip the other one. I actually met Kid Rock in person once. Though. Is Seth Meyers from Michigan? I heard. No, Terry Crews is from Flint, right? Yeah, uh, Terry Crews from Flint. I did not know. I did not know that Seth Meyers was from Michigan. Kristen Bell is from Michigan. She's mm-hmm. from uh, Huntington Woods. Yeah. Yeah. Let me. So is um from Cruel Intentions. Selma Blair is from Michigan. Yeah. Oh, did not know that. There's either. actually a million people from Michigan. <laughs> there are. There are a ton of people from Michigan. We're a cool um, state. So yeah, Seth Meyers was raised in Okemos. Oh wow! Okay. Double checked. Born in Evanston. Yep. I've been raised here. I don't think he was born here. No, I think not... he was born in Illinois, but we—that's not his fault. No, right, right, right. So if okay. you had to pick a single favorite cultural element that has come out of Michigan, what would it be, and why? I don't think you could. Is there another choice except? Motown music? I don't know. <laughs> it could be, but Motown is pretty fantastic. I I think you'd have to go with that. I mean, I don't I don't think anything's had as big an impact as that. That's true. That is true. What I do you think, think Tim? I, oh no, I think you could make an argument for Eminem. Uh, his impact on Bigger than Motown. Well, on the on the landscape of rap music in the last fifteen to twenty years. The impact that he's had, the cultural shift that's happened since he's, since he has come out into the game. Um, I'm not saying that it's bigger than Motown. I don't think anything will ever have as big of an impact as Motown had in the 50s and 60s and, and, and the musical landscape that jumped forward from that. But I'm just saying, if you wanted to pick a, an important cultural element to come out of Michigan, it's, it's possible to, to make an argument that Eminem's impact on the music scene is just as vital as as some of the 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 Motown artists because of the artists that he's worked with who he's produced who he's who else he's brought to the table and signed to his own record labels and and things along those lines it's it's pretty it's a pretty wide spectrum of things that he's been able to do not only that but he's also influenced people's rap styles how they you know what their flow is and how they work and everything else so and he's got spaghetti again. <laughs> so, right, so I looked it up. I didn't realize we were going to talk about Michigan people, but it's cool. I looked at J.K. Simmons mm-hmm. is from Gross Point. Yeah. David Spade is from Birmingham, Michigan. Taylor mm-hmm. Lawton uh, is from Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. Keegan-Michael Key is from Detroit. Did uh, not know Ken that one. Ken Jong is from Detroit, Michigan. Dax Shepard is also from Michigan, who is married to Kristen Bell. He right. was from Milford. Did not know that. Tom Selleck uh, was born in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that one. Loves. We knew, yeah. Uh, and then um, Lee Majors from Wyandotte, Michigan. No kidding. Yeah. Dave Coulet. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's still uh, in Michigan. And Tim Meadows. Cut and it out. Tim Meadows. Sinbad. Wait. Oh, Paul Feig? Feig? from Mount Clemens. Oh, this is some insane names here. Yeah. 
Like we say, we're a cool state. Jeff Tawaskin's not listed. What? <laughs> Vern Troyer was. Mini Me was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was. Selma Blair. My buddy <laughs> went to prom with Selma Blair. Really? Yeah. That is. Cool. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I would agree that definitely Motown has had a huge impact. And I, I can see Tim's argument for Eminem as well. I'm still going that he's just increased people's love of spaghetti, but that's just. It's possible. Oh, that's, I hope that is that doing well in Detroit? His mom's spaghetti? From what I've heard. I've heard it's really good. I haven't been there yet, but. I wouldn't mind checking that out. It's That'd a couple hours away from me, but one yeah. of these days I'll make my way over towards Detroit. And of course, <laughs> I was just at Detroit a couple weeks ago, but we didn't do that. So. Well, no, because you were too busy watching the Lions lose. No, they didn't lose. They got spanked. They got absolutely hammered. We went there the day that they got their rear ends kicked by the curb stomped, really, by the Eagles, 44 to 6. That was rough. So, Although the win against right. the Cardinals this week was pretty great. That was. It's kind of scary. What, hey, look at that. They, I, knew a, I knew a football thing. You knew a, you knew a sports ball thing. Congratulations. I usually right. know the sports disc things. Hockey, <laughs> I'm good with. Football, not so much. So, Jeff, one of my favorite things that has come from your podcasting forays uh, has been your show, Crossing the Streams. Uh, I try every Wednesday night at 930 to tune in and, and check out what the new recommendations are from uh, your, the people you have on the show. Um, now, this has been in addition to your original pop culture theme show, of course, live from Detroit, the Jeff DeWaskin show. Um, but again, I've never really asked you what was the impetus in getting started Crossing the Streams? What was? Why did you feel the need to start that show and and do that what was what was the reason behind it and and then tell the audience too what can they expect from watching crossing the streams yeah absolutely thank you um so when i first started uh, my podcast live from detroit i had no idea at all how i was going to make content right, <laughs> right? so um Fair enough so or, or at least week to week right i was so paranoid about like uh I think that paranoid, uh, paranoia has turned into an OCD compulsion of collecting interviews. I, I have so many interviews. It's embarrassing. I, I hate to say it, but the one I'm running next week, I recorded four days ago, a year ago, four days ago. <laughs> this is my Monday episode. I'm embarrassed. Sometimes I have to edit stuff out to, to remove the, I like, I like to keep them like, so they feel evergreen. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I, if someone says I'll be at this next Tuesday, like I'll take that out. But so, but so early on what I did was, and this is way before anything, I, I had always, my friend Howard Rosner and my friend Ron Lippett, who are current co-stars with me on the live show, but we would always talk about shows that we liked. So I said, Hey, let's do an episode of my podcast one of my earlier tricks on my podcast, because my original intention of my podcast was it was only going to be like 15, 20 minute episodes because I figured that's all people would really want to listen to until I met Larry Hankin. And then I, said, <laughs> I, remember, I remember being on the phone with him and he's like, uh, 20 minutes? No, no. And I was like, okay. I mean, we went an hour and a half and we could have gone longer. So oh, I- has got so many stories. So many stories. So, but that kind of broke the- uh, Ever since, you know, once I got into that, then they became much longer episodes. So I sat down with my buddies and we did two episodes at one time. So it was episode eight of my podcast is called Crossing the Streams. Okay. Okay. And, and then episode, um, 
episode 15 is called Crossing the Streams 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> and and so we actually filmed them both, taped them both at the same time. This is before I understood individual tracks and all that kind of stuff. But um, we filmed them both at the same time. So we'd film it and then we'd stop and then go, hey, we're back, right? And, uh, hey, it's been a while, but, you know, I brought the crew back, you know. And so that was it way back then. And then the intention was always that every now and then we were going to do another one of those episodes on the podcast. Right. And, but then I, you know, things happen. I started getting all these interviews, and all this kind of stuff. And so it just never happened. So I'll flash forward to Indie pods, 2020, 2021, 2020. 2020 um, yeah. And Tina was putting that together and she's like, do you want to do a live show? Or do you want to do your podcast live? And I'm like, I don't do live shows. And so, you know, then I invested in the stream yard and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, hmm, I could do it. Maybe I should do a live show. It was because here's the thing with my podcast. I was never going to have a podcaster on my podcast. It just didn't fit my theme. But I felt bad about it because a lot of them had me on their shows. Right. So I thought, oh, mm -hmm. one thing about crossing the streams is I well, first I thought, oh, well, here's a good way to hang out with my friends every week. Here's a good way to pay back the podcasters that had me on their show. I can have them come on this show and do stuff and then plug their stuff. And, you know, and then just have a good time. You know what I mean? It, that was, that was basically it, but it was the impetus of it. The reason it went into a live show was because of indie pods and I needed to get set up for a live show. And since I started to make all that investment and stuff, I, I ended up just kind of putting that together and then, pulled on crossing the streams from the early episodes of my podcast. Cause that seemed to make sense. It's, it fit the mold of what I wanted to do now. So if anyone tunes in Wednesday, 9 30 PM Eastern time, we're live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube and something called the fireside app, uh, fireside chat app. And on the fireside chat app, I can bring you on stage. You can actually talk with us, but no one's really done that so far, but one time, but we just talk about four or five shows that people, we think people should be watching, you know, and we make suggestions. Mm -hmm. and yeah. So we just go from there. And then, so it's just, it's just a lot of fun. It's just open banter. And it's never usually right about just that one show. It's usually like, we'll be talking about a show and then we may do a three minute conversation about one of the other things, one of the actors in that show had done. Um, so that lives on YouTube. There's 53 hours of that show on YouTube. I recently, starting in December, went in and I broke every one of those segments into individual segments. And now on Thursdays on my actual podcast. So if you actually listen, subscribe to Live from Detroit, the mm -hmm. Jeff Dwoskin show, my interviews come out on Mondays. And then on Thursdays, there's a bonus episode, which is a Crossing the Streams episode. So where I pull three random, usually random, uh, segments. So they're meaning they're not all from one show. It's not one show. It's just, it's three segments from the show. And then I release that as like a 30 minute episode on Thursdays. So now cool. you can, you can start to listen to some of those, uh, segments on, uh, on the podcast as well. If, since not everyone has time to tune into the live show, but it's all available. Yeah. It's a fun show. And I, you know, I, I've been fortunate to have, you know, been invited on a few times and, and I've had a lot of fun being on the show. I think one of the things I, I've enjoyed most about it 
is there's a bunch of shows on there that I was on the fence of watching. Uh, and I have changed some of my viewing habits uh, because of the show. Uh, things that Ron has suggested or, you know, even uh, you, you or any, you know, some of the other guests have come on and said, you know, you know, either there was confirmed worries that I had about the shows <laughs> or there was things where I was like, well, it's not what you think it is. It's this, this, or this. And it made me, then it changed my mind and made me want to go watch it. So uh, it's a really cool show. And I, I do like the, the fact that it's not just one guy getting up there and saying, this show is good or this show is crap. And then you move along, but there's discussion about, about the person's opinion and everything else. So um, you actually get a nice wide view, I think on every show that's, that's presented. Yeah, I think that's what's fun about it. And so I keep pushing the hosts to get better equipment. I'm like, <laughs> I said, our banter can be better if everyone's got good equipment, right? And so everyone's kind of trying to get certain people on the show to up their, get better mics and stuff like that. Because you well, need really good equipment. It's amazing how many people don't understand how the right. sound works. But there's been improvement in the show as far as that regard. Uh, it, you know, from the outside looking in, I can see that that's happening. Uh, you can't always count on, you know, on, on the internet to stay for certain people, but Hey, it, it, it is what it is, you know, but there's definitely improvement in there. So, uh, I'm glad to see that that's something that's going to be available or is available now uh, on Thursdays for people to kind of check out as well. So that's cool. Yeah. I think there's three of those episodes out and then they'll come out, they come out weekly on Thursdays. So, so still being relatively new to podcasting, uh, we've only been doing this for almost a year. It's been almost a year now. There is a lot I haven't experienced in this. There's a there's a lot of new experiences. Everything's new still. But there have definitely been some highs and lows and some interviews that didn't turn out quite the way we wanted them to and the other ones that were better than expected. So Jeff, what is one thing you've experienced as a podcaster that made you really stop and do the, well, that was awesome. The nicest moments are when you really connect um, with people. You know, I try to... I can't fake knowing and I'm not a good liar. So I, I can't, I can't say I read your book if I didn't read your book. You right. know what I mean? That kind right. of thing. So, um, I put a lot of time into making sure the guest is comfortable. And by that, I mean, I'm smart enough to, and knowledgeable enough on the, on that person to kind of get through it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so when it clicks, it clicks the best click moment ever I had. The most fun is with, uh, Ted Neely, you know, Ted Neely, he was Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ right. superstar. Mm -hmm. And to now I'm Jewish, so I'd never, I don't know if he knows that to this day, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> but the, um, a fan of the show had seen that Ted Neely had posted that he wanted to do interviews for a documentary of Jesus Christ superstar. My, the fan of the show, Paul, DMs me, Jeff. Oh my God, you got to get Ted Neely on your show. This guy is a super fan. And like, there's a lot of these people like Paul that are obsessed with that movie and the cast of that movie mm -hmm. because he didn't, Ted Neely didn't just play it that one time. He's, he's toured with Jesus Christ Superstar right. to a lot of people. He's their Jesus. I, you know what I mean? It's like, there's a real connection there with right. them. And so um, I reached out to him. Obviously, I'd never seen the movie. Familiar with the story, but you know, not not all right. the details. And 
And so he said, yeah. So they sent me the documentary. So I sat down, I watched the movie, took notes, you know, it's of interest. You know I mean? It's, it takes place in Israel. They filmed it in Israel. So it was, it was, it was cool. So I did a lot of research on the movie. Then I watched the documentary and it was really cool. So we started talking and this isn't in the interview, but I mentioned to him in the, in the documentary, he sings a song in the jungle, the mighty jungle. And I told him a personal story about that, that I wasn't going to do in the podcast, but we kind of laughed, but it was, I felt like I was best friends with Ted Neely. Like the fact that I haven't talked to him since <laughs> I'm like, I thought, you know what I mean? Cause sometimes you connect with these people and they, they move on. Right. Then mm-hmm. you don't have to say more. Uh, but with him, it was like during that moment, it was so, I mean, we were just like brothers all of a sudden, you know what I mean? It was like, that was, a, it was a real connection. And, and it, so that's like a 10 and then there's, there's, you know, variances. You don't always get to that. Right. You know, you, right. With everybody just because maybe they're not willing to go there or, you know, whatever it is, but that's what I always kind of strive for. I don't like, um, I don't like to fandom and I'll tease people about like, if they'll say something, I'll, I'll tease them about something that they did or something like mm-hmm. that or mm-hmm. purposely bring up some silly, um, movie that they did. You know, uh, I was, I remember I was interviewing Michael Campion. He was one of the children in Fuller house, one of the, Oh yeah. Okay. Kids. And so I said to him, all right, let's talk about the movie robo dog. I wasn't feeling well one night and I, and I was sitting in my bed and Robo dog is like the first movie he starred in. So I just put it on. Right. It's as, as interesting as you can probably imagine. And, <laughs> and so he's like, he's like, you watched robo dog. And I'm like, Oh, I watched robo dog. I watched robo dog. <laughs> and like, I'm like, and we're going to talk about it a lot. And so I'm like, you know, so we had it. So he was so first of all, caught off guard that anyone would bother to watch. This movie. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, it was just, it was fun. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, with Ted Neely, that was really cool. And I think you can tell in the interview, if you listen to the interview, but here's the thing about Ted Neely, which turned out to be the most interesting part for me is Ted Neely, who I had no idea who he was, who was one of the most interviews I enjoyed the most, right. Is other people. Would you, like if something, oh, Jeff, oh, Jeff, oh, Jeff Dwoskin, like Zach once said this to me, like he was talking to, him, I think he said it was his girlfriend. He's like, oh, Jeff had Ted Neely on his show. <laughs> like, like to some people, like that's the name. Like, you know what I mean? Like you might go, my kids would be like Carol Baskin, mm-hmm. but like he would be, they'll be like Ted Neely. And like when I release it, they're like, whoa, like people, other guests were commenting. You got Ted Neely, you interviewed Ted Neely. <laughs> I had no, I didn't even know who he was before the, before I, in, I talked to him and now you know, I follow him on Facebook and all that and I keep up, but the, uh, That's it was funny. just interesting. It's because I find that like, no matter who you, you interview D Wallace to me is a big deal. You know what I mean? But some mm-hmm. people are they're like D Wallace from Cucho. You mean, yeah, you know I mean, I was like, well, she's, you know, she's had an amazing right. career. <laughs> you know, like I, that's the interesting thing about, um, is that sometimes I think the people, they aren't as important to other people as they are mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, I thought, you know, like Nicholas Hammond, it was a big deal for me to talk to Spider-Man from 1977. You know, like there, but I don't know that other people get that. <laughs> I was kind of jealous of that one, not going to lie. That was pretty cool. I know that we've, we've had a couple of interviews where we've been excited about it. And then it kind of, it, I don't want to say it falls flat because it didn't fall flat, but it wasn't that we didn't get the response that we expected with the, oh, you're not 
as excited about that as us. Oh, okay. But it was still fun. Well, right. I mean, that's, I was, my thinking was with doing a podcast is you just have to trust me that what I'm putting out is going to be interesting. You may not know who the person is or anything like that, right? but it's going to be interesting and you'll, you'll figure something out or realize that, you know, who this person is through other stories or if through their stories or things that we talk about, or that you just might find it interesting, right? I mean, it's, it is possible to be interested by something you didn't know before. Right. right. Exactly. I became fascinated with Ted Neely, you know what I mean? So it was like, um, yeah. So, so I will say that one of the things I do appreciate about your show and enjoy about your show is that I don't have to know all the guests that you have on your show, but I do like the fact that uh, I do think you make your, your guests feel comfortable and it, it leads to nice stories and interaction. And for me, that's where it's at. I, if I'm listening to a podcast, it's because I want to hear the stories. I like to hear stories, of, you know, whether it's their background and how, you know, who and what they are or what they're doing and why. And, or, you know, there are stories about the work that they did. And I always think that on your show that you do a really nice job of, of getting your guests to a point where they're comfortable in sharing that information. So it makes uh, your show, not just informative, but it does make your show fun. And so that's, that's the best compliment I can give you about your show is that I think it's informative and I think it's fun and it makes me want to tune in every week. So I appreciate that. That's what I go for. You know what I mean? I, I tell you my secret, my secret is just shut the F up when you're interviewing someone. <laughs> right. Let them talk. It's it, right. It's, it's like that. It's uh, interrupting someone in, uh, when they're, when you're talking to them who is there for you to actually listen to, it's kind of like, uh, it's the same thing. Like when you're at a party and you're having an amazing conversation and you're all like, Hey, why don't we go into the kitchen? And then you go into the kitchen and then not, it's just dead. The conversation ends. You know what I'm talking about? Right. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what happens when you interrupt. If they're about to tell a story and you interrupt them because you want to th- say something that's not even important, they're not going to go back to that story. No. Yeah. You know? And so you got, you got to be strategic with, um, where and how you jump in. Yeah. yeah. Some of my early success of that was based more on the technology limitations that if I, I found that if you talk over people, it can ruin the, the audio, <laughs> especially if they don't have a good mic and all that kind of stuff. So I would just, I would be careful and I would not talk. <laughs> oh, okay. Makes sense. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit more about your background. We talked earlier really about your entrepreneurial background. I want to ask you a little bit about your your stand up background, uh, because I've always found you to be a pretty funny guy, pretty quick wit. Uh, I do appreciate your sense of humor, but I'm curious about who were the funny guys who inspired you to take the stage and pursue a career in comedy. Um, you know, I loved uh, Steve Martin. I loved Dennis Miller. Um, you know, I grew up really enjoying Bill Cosby. I know that's not. PC to say now, but at the time that's, yeah, you can still separate the comedy from the person and their actions the way it was. And, um, Joan Rivers, Gary Shandling, and these are all people, Norm Macdonald, you know, that I really, really liked. And, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, I was always the funny guy at work or whatever, you know? And so the web company, my web company, one of my, that we talked about earlier, one of my early, um, clients was Mark Ridley's comedy castle and we did their website and on their website, it talked about comedy classes. And so I knew that existed. That's how I knew that existed. And so 
I was encouraged to take the class. So I took the class, um, and then I just never stopped doing it. It was, you know, it's, it was one of those things, you know, I don't know if it was eight weeks or whatever, you know, you go every Saturday, they teach you to write, you know, you can't learn how to be funny, but you can, you can learn how to write a joke and then get stage time. And, you know, so that, you know, I did it. My first show was in front of uh, probably a couple hundred people. It was the most people that ever came to see me. Yeah, I was, it's doing stand up comedy. Like after you do the first one, people will come. Right. But then it's a thing, right? Like, so it's just like podcasting, you know, how like your friends and family do not listen to your podcast. You know, I would bump oh, into I some, know. <laughs> I did, I did, I did stand up for, I guess I'm still doing it, but like, uh, I did, I took the, you know, I haven't really bounced back since the pandemic, but 18 years. Right. And you know, you bump into someone that like, Oh, I, I've always, I want to go to one of your shows. I had a website. I posted everything. Right. I mean, it was like, I would talk about it. You know, I talk about my podcast, right. I talk about that. You know, I'd be like, uh, no worries. Hey, don't, Hey, if you find time, I get it. I've only been doing it for 18 years. There's been a thousand opportunities over those 18 years. I get it. Your can the calendars don't match up. Just nothing got into sync. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. How, how could you have found one of a thousand over 18 years to, to find, to find that time to, to, to do it. I get it. Things happen. Things happen. Right. It's a tight schedule. It's like podcasting. It's like somebody DM me the other day. They didn't outwardly ask for me to introduce them to a guest, but they said, Oh, I love what you're doing. Right. I hate when people say that and they don't mean it. I love what, and this is how, you know, they don't mean it. I love what you're doing. Hey, how do you know this guy? I'm like, well, if you love what I'm doing and you listen to the first five minutes of me talking to him, I explain how I know that guy. That's the first five minutes of the conversation. <laughs> I love it. You, know, you didn't listen to the episode for clues before just reaching out. And like, right. I was like, you know, I love, I love how you, uh, especially over the last little bit. And I know we, we kind of joke around about it and I'll, you know, even say it to you from time to time. Hey, by the way, do you know what Jeff has a podcast? I love that. I think that's, it's, um, it's, it's silly, but it's also a little bit of clever marketing, but Hey, you know, it's making a joke out of it, but it, it also, it's a subtle, rem not so subtle reminder that of what you're doing, but in a, a joking and, and fun way. So, um, I haven't, I haven't co-opted that yet, but I'm trying to figure out a way to make it, make it sound, you know, workable for me. We're getting there. So I think it happened because I just would, I kept pushing it because at some point I got annoyed that I know you talked to Carol Baskin too, but Carol Baskin seemed to be oddly one of the people that I interviewed that everyone was like, Oh my God. Mm -hmm. I'm like, really? I talked to Ed Asner. I've talked to all these people from our childhood. And this is, a, and I know that because on the post, on, on the Facebook post, it was the one where I got 30 comments. Right. I say 30, it's usually two and one of them's Tim, right? I mean, so it's like, it's, it's usually nobody, right? So. That's not a nobody. I said, it's usually nobody. I mean, like, <laughs> I didn't say, I, 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 you know, so I, so it was like, I know you see it, right? And so I, I post it and then it started to post them out of spite, meaning I don't care if you're ignoring me, I'm still posting it. And frankly, it's at this point, you know, I like when you post about your kid going to school, congratulations, your kid had a first day of school. 
Was there a chance he might not have? I mean, was there an off chance he was just going to skip this year? Oh, so this is a non-event that 500 people decided they liked. But I put an hour into creating, to, to interviewing someone, three hours into prepping, you know, and then all the time to put it together. And you can't like one, you can't even like it. And then three weeks later, I bump into you randomly. And you're like, oh, I saw you interviewed. Really? Love you what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's just so frustrating because I like, if I see someone's post, I try to support as much as I can. If I don't see it, I can't support it. But like, but you know what I mean? And it's just oh, like, yeah. so I think what happened was I, I promote more than maybe other people do. And so they, it just became the joke oh, you have a podcast, right? Because it. I'm always pushing it. And so I just, I was fine. I was like, whatever. As long as, it, if, 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 if it somehow turned into self-mockery, but that's what's getting them to talk about it. Hey, okay. Whatever gets, whatever gets the know? job done, right? Right. And like, right. quote, like, quite like self-deprecating humor though. Right. I tell you, I tell you something. I always used to make the joke. You know, if you listen to my podcast backwards, I get worse, right? You gotta, <laughs> right? So, and I, I think that's true for everyone, but like I switched hosting environments recently. And so I went and I was, I, I had to re listen to like my first episodes and some of the early episodes. And Oof. I went in and cleaned them up a little bit and put them back up. You know, so I was just like, I didn't edit anything because I wasn't going to do that. But like, I was like, oh my God. Like I hate deep breaths. I can't stand, you know, like those things. Right. And so, so. right. So, but my first episode, I, like I cut out two minutes of me, like a week ago going, you know, I was like, <laughs> I didn't hear it the first time. And then no one said anything. And, and they're like, they're like, we don't hear it. I'm like, but I hear it. I can't listen to a podcast where if they leave them in, I won every now and then is okay. But some people, you know, every time they, you know, they, right. Right. Those are all on purpose, by the way. I'm sure that our editor will edit them out, actually. Well, hopefully not, because then it ruins the joke, because that was the joke. <laughs> and like, um, I realized, like, it was really funny, because like, my podcast now, like, how my voice is and how I do it, you know, hey, they, uh, like, that's in my head how I, I've always been. But I listened to the first episode, my first episode was like, hey, Tim, thanks for that introduction. And I'm just like... <laughs> I'm like, what? What is this? This is garbage. <laughs> what was everyone telling me it was so good? Stop it. <laughs> I think I think one day we just need to have a roundtable discussion of podcasters all talking about like their first three episodes and, and the many mistakes that are made and how they began their shows. And I think if nothing else, that discussion alone will have some comedy gold in, in, inside sounds- of it. You gotta do it. I mean, I was like, I'm glad I did it. I wouldn't have, if I had uh, drayed on it too long, I wouldn't even have a podcast. You know I mean? You right. just gotta do it, you know? But the thing is that you gotta, you learn to get better. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I put so much, I try and make whatever you listen to, it's as good as I could do it at that moment in time. Right. And I listen to other podcasts that like the sound is horrible. Like it's like, it's like in these things. And I was like, I listened to one where the guy's entire, the, he, he was missing from the podcast. Like literally he would ask the question, it would be dead silence. And then she would uh, answer. And I said to him, I said, Hey, Casey upload. Oh, my thing was broken. I, would you put that? <laughs> no. Why do I put so much time and effort into it? I mean, you were willing to put it up and you weren't even in it. I was like, ah, 
shouldn't even be talking, but you know what I mean? So I guess, I don't know. Listeners have probably better, uh, have more latitude than I'm willing to give them, but I want to give them as best as I can do, you know? Oh, that's good. It's good. It's good to have a, it's good to have a standard that you're trying to hit every week. It's good to have a, you know, a guideline of what you want to do with your show and where you're trying to, uh, what you're trying to accomplish. But yeah, I think that's good. So with both podcasting and comedy, you're giving a part of yourself to your audience and we take our knowledge, our experience and our perspective, and we make something that's hopefully entertaining for the audience as we've already been talking about. And now we do all of that from pretty much anywhere with an internet connection. So even though you've been doing all of this remotely, what benefits have you seen in like terms of human connection with the podcast for you? I think it's just great to be able to talk with people. I mean, this has kind of become the new norm in a way, you know, just talking to people. Right. Um, but the nice thing about the podcast was I think it allowed me to reach out to a lot of the comedians I talk to on my podcast are people that I've worked with some 10 years ago, you know, reach out to them that I haven't talked to and have a conversation with them. I may never talk to them again, right. but, um, but it was nice to connect and use that time. And, and I, I love the whole idea that it's captured, right? If anything happened to us tomorrow, we have this, this history, this legacy now that just exists as long as my wife pays the hosting bill, but <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, so that's nice, you know, but it, it's just, I think it's nice. It's nice to be, it's allowed to be able to connect. I mean, I wouldn't have a podcast. I mean, if, if, if this didn't become the norm, I don't know how we'd be doing it. Right. I mean, it, right. I'm flying anywhere. I'm not waiting till someone comes to Michigan. I mean, the whole beauty of it is you can have a conversation anytime. Right. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that's how I see it. That's awesome. That's actually, that's something that I've noticed too, is the, we're still getting our, our, our person, we get our, get our little people fix, but from the safety of our own homes, <laughs> which I kind of like, go. I'm it's a, a little bit less awkward on the internet than I am in person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's nice to be able to have the connection with, you know, being able to talk with anybody, anytime, anywhere, you don't have to be in a physical location. And, um, yeah. like, I think it was, uh, uh, we, we interviewed a gentleman named David Fishoff and, uh, you know, he would talk about, you know, how, it, how cool it was that he didn't have to get on a plane to come to us. He could just hop on zoom and, you know, here we are, we're chatting. Yeah. And so that was, that was a lot of fun. And that was the thing with like the, the Jed Brophy interview too. He was in New Zealand and sure. He was talking to us. We were talking to him on Friday night. He was talking to us Saturday morning, but we still got to talk. Like it was cool. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right, Jeff, one final question. And we like to call it our silly question. Of anything that you have, whether it's your car, it's your your phone, you know, your, your Apple Music or Spotify Music, whatever it is, what's what is the number one song played on Jeff DeWaskin's musical playing devices? Um, I don't I don't know the name of it. It's uh, oh the uh, Kicks. Something um I can look up the name of it. Um, but I, I hummed it to you, so that counts, right? It does count. Uh, hang on, I'll tell you because you know it's funny. I don't listen to. Like right now I'm listening to Let It Be. I got it on LP on vinyl. Mm-hmm. I know you're into vinyl. So I, I got hooked on Get Back. So I found uh, Target had Let It Be on Amazon. It was funny. You couldn't get it till January, but Target had a exclusive and it came with a t-shirt. Oh, nice. Nice. So, uh, so I've been playing that on LP. It's funny. I didn't know some of those songs. It's funny. Like 
I, I, you realize at some point you only know certain songs, <laughs> you know, right? Like you think you know all the songs, and it's like you don't know all the songs. All right, ready? Uh, Feel it still by Portugal the Man. Oh yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, there you go. I can listen to that over and over again. So I did too until I annoyed my son with it. Now if I start playing, he walks the other direction. So on the one hand, great music. On the other hand, it gets rid of the kids. So it's 50-50 win-win. <laughs> both, both options of that sound like a fantastic idea. Cool. Exactly. Yeah, I've just been blasting the Hamilton soundtrack again because I I'm love sorry. it. Oh, you and your musical hatingness. I love the Hamilton sound. I was good. <laughs> I saw that really good. Tim just hates musicals. Tim just is a musical hater. I like music. I hate musicals. But there's that. And some people don't like it. It's okay. It's okay. Though at the end of Hawkeye, they do a full uh, <laughs> Rogers, the musical number. So if you watch yeah. the last episode. You watched uh, it and then messaged the host chat for our show complaining about it. That was great. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited that there was going to be a mid-roll scene. And I'm like, this. They made me wait for this. Yes. I kept waiting for something to happen, like an explosion to come out and like, you know, blow up. And then like, you know, there'd be a, you know, a reveal for something coming up in the MCU. And I'm like, I sat through that whole musical number waiting for something to happen. To just <laughs> it was just, and all, yeah, it was just magic. They should make an entire play of it. They should. I would, I would watch that. I would go, I would go see that in a second. I would mm-hmm. go see that in a second. Nope. nope. <laughs> so Jeff, thank you for being on the show with us. Where can our viewers go to find you? Jeffisfunny.com is is everything. It's the podcast and probably can find everything right there. All righty. We will link your website so that our viewers and our listeners can find you and find your work. That is so exciting. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I appreciate you both very much. Thank you. Thank for you, being Jeff. Here. Thank you very much. All right. Go ahead and scram. Go get your train. <laughs> All right. Later, guys. Bye. All right. See you. I want to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Jeff Dawoskin today and have these great conversations for you to listen to. So please subscribe. It's going to help more than you know. It's that little button right down there somewhere. Make sure you click it. You're going to want to. And remember, addicts, pop culture is all around you, influencing every single part of our lives. So be sure to come back next week. We'll have your fix waiting right here for you. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Hey, thanks for listening to Pop Culture Addicts. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode of Pop Culture Addicts, you can reach us on either Instagram or Twitter by using the handle at PCA Pod Show. You can also email us at PCA Pod Show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Copyright 2021 Pop Culture Addicts. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of by Pop Culture Addicts or any of its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity that they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at pcapodshow at gmail.com.